Hello, everyone. This is Jacob Chastain, one of the hosts of the Craft and Draft podcast, dropping in here real quick, solo, to discuss why this episode's a little different and to offer you an opportunity to be a part of a little bit more of craft and draft, whether you are new to the podcast, someone's been listening for a little bit or someone that's been thinking about joining our Patreon, but have not all ready. This episode is half of the actual training and conversation that we talked about in terms of preparing kids for the new short writing responses for the Texas star. Now, if you're a teacher that's not in Texas, this stuff is still very applicable to you, especially if you're trying to get your kids better at short answers. But we definitely hone in on some of the new nuances of the star writing and some of the new, uh, question types and response types that are going to be on the test. We know a lot of teachers are anxious about this and a lot of districts are scrambling to figure it out. So we wanted to talk about it and give our two cents. There is a video portion to this that is only available on Patreon and the other half of this training is only available on Patreon. But I wanted to tell you if you're interested at the end of this, you're like, man, I really want to jump in. I'm going to tell you that we have two levels that if you decide to jump in, you're not just getting the second half of this episode and the video at our listener tier. You're getting eight bonus episodes that no one else has heard outside of the Patreon ecosystem. We've talked about everything, including star riding, how we use quick rides, discussions about stress, going in deep about the craft and draft journal system and a bunch of other nuances. We've also answered very specific questions on there and some of those bonus episodes. And at our listener plus tier, you also get access to our videos, which includes everything from uh, how to use the journal system itself, the craft and draft journal system. Our training is available through that. It is uh, over an hour and a half of a deep dive on how to implement the craft and draft journals in your classroom. We also have videos on conferencing data and even a training that we recorded all about starting workshop and getting uh, going forward on those things. So tons of value on the Patreon at the listener and listener plus tier, and you get access to really have direct access to Pam and I be a part of the upcoming events that we have and get access at the listener plus tier to the training that we are going to be announcing on the very next podcast you hear on free feed. So if you want to be a part of that and get a bunch of bonus stuff, let this be kind of a trial for those of you not a part of it. Listen, if you want to jump in, it's well worth your time. There's so much bonus content that no one else hears outside of Patreon. So come join us. We would love to have you over there. But without further ado, enjoy the episode. Pam Ochoa, I have a question for you today. My question is very simple today. Or maybe not so simple. And honestly, I don't know if I've asked you this question before. So if I have, I'll redo this. <laughs> but have what when's a time that you felt like you had a breakthrough in your in your own teaching, like a, a, a pivotal moment where something just uh, it was a, a dynamic shift in how you either thought about teaching, what you did. What was something that really changed your teaching and why? Well, the biggest change I have to say is when I took the New Jersey writing 
And it wasn't that I took the New Jersey writing process. It's that all of a sudden somebody had shown me how to put it all together. And so then that next, that next, that was in the summertime. And I was really convinced after the first, I guess, uh, grading period, because the students were engaged. They were talking about what they were writing and they were reading and they seemed to they were ninth graders and they seemed to thoroughly enjoy the class. And I had a little bit of a rivalry person from uh, my coaching days. And she is now an administrator kind of thing. And she's walking around and, you know, and all this, I don't have a bad problem with her personally, but I knew that she kind of just, you know, a little animosity and she comes by. And the reason I know this is because she goes, Oh my goodness, Pam, people are actually, they're all your kids are really engaged in your class. I mean, like she likes you a surprise. You're really teaching. And I'm like, dude, that's what I do. But anyway, it was um, that that probably was the year that everything changed. Now, like the other day, though, uh, actually, it was yesterday we were doing Caged Bird, the 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 actual poem from Maya Angelou. And you know how when you're teaching and all of a sudden the kids are like with you and you can't help but have chills because it's like one of those moments that you're like, they're either going to love this or they're going to hate this. And it was one of those things. So, so when I have those moments that I kind of take a mental note of, I need to do this again, but we were actually talking about lines and stanzas and we were, I was, um, I was having the kids make some observations. And so they observed that her repetitive stanza was very constricted like a bird who's being caged and we talked about the the topic of that particular stanza and it was the caged bird and it was very short and very small and the students were they realized that when she started talking about the free bird the second time she talked about the free bird singing to a different song that stanza was wide and broad as if it was flying and so the kids were like Oh my gosh. And I have a student that's really struggling in that class. And he goes, Miss Ochoa, that's just cool. And I mean, so it was just neat to, and I I got chills, you know, cause it was like one of those moments where, oh my goodness, we may have somebody who appreciates poetry. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the things that I talked to them about. I said, this is why Maya Angelou is a, a master at poetry because what she can do with the, she takes lines and we had just done a lesson on line break, how to take a paragraph and break your lines so that you can create a poem. So it was their first one to actually do. And so they were, it was just kind of neat. So I think I will do that again, just have them start observing and, and seeing, you know, what kind of meaning is actually going on with these line breaks? Do they mean something? Do they not mean something? And why did the author do that? So I think questioning the students is probably another area where I've, the way I question them is so much different than when I did when I was younger. And I think it makes a difference. So. For it's the, that, that moment, right? The the kid really realize like see like because in that moment when he's seeing all the differences that are going on there he Mm -hmm. is it's a revelation of what structure is about how you can be intentional about putting things together and that is uh 
you know, when I would work with kids and showed them line breaks and it would free so many kids from these artificial constraints of what writing should be. You know, I think that rightfully a lot of English teachers really care deeply about, you know, teaching kids proper grammar and, uh, getting them into the, the conventions of writing. But I, I mean, truthfully, I mean, writing is so freeing and it's so liberating in, in so many ways. And when we let kids explore what you can do in writing and show them great models and make that connection to look at this, like, look at what they did Mm -hmm. here. And that light bulb goes off. I mean, that's, that's, that's a really, uh, that's a really hard thing to compete with in terms of just like, man, this is, this is why we do what we do. Yeah. And the thing is, is that was, you know, that particular student was in my honors class. So I must say that, that, you know, my honors kids were really interested, but I had some students earlier in my honorable classes that they were engaged with me. I mean, they really were. It was probably one of my best days I've had this whole year. And I think it's because for the first time they realized what all you could do with, you know, that maybe the possibilities that are out there for them. And uh, they had just written their own and they already just struggled with it. I mean, I didn't do that until they struggled with their own. And when they struggled with their own, then I said, well, let's look and see what she did with her line breaks. And so, you know, when we started doing that, but it's when they struggled with their own, that they were not knowing where to break a line. They didn't know what a powerful word was, you know, what makes a word powerful, what makes it have more meaning than something else. Uh, what do I take out of that line of the, out of that sentence? And it still makes sense. What makes it more powerful? So they were actually had already kind of done some of that on their own and their poems were not, I mean, I really didn't have any breakthroughs on the poems other mm-hmm. than I think that experience was what enabled them to look at her poem with, you know, I'm I'm kind of a poet too. I've just now written a poem, you know, and so I think it was really kind of empowering for them. And so I think, I think that kind of remembering that will help me in the future. That is wonderful. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Craft and Draft podcast. That's Pam Ocho. I'm Jacob Chastain. We're two English teachers down here in the state of Texas. I'm at the administrative level these days. She's still rocking it in the classroom, killing it, but she's done a million different things. Go back and listen to some of the other podcasts. You'd be, su- you'd be surprised at how many things Miss Ochoa has done in education. But regardless, thank you for tuning in. This little special episode. So if you're listening to this on our Patreon page, like several of you do, you're getting the full conversation today, plus video access if you are at the proper tier where we're going to walk you through some stuff. Miss Ochoa is going to answer a key question that one of our Patreon listeners had pitched to us, which is what about the short answers the short responses that kids are having to do on our Texas star test. We're going to dive into that and kind of do a little hybrid podcast training episode. So the Patreon listeners, you get the full version all the way through. But if you listen to this on free feeds, no worry. 
We're going to make this worth your while. Regardless, you will not get the full time, but you are going to get a lot of information today, which is going to be very helpful regardless. So if you enjoy this and you want the extra pieces, jump over to Patreon and you can have access to that at our listener plus tier but really you should join us on patreon anyway because we do so much over there we drop bonus episodes bonus videos i just dropped one on data all about really diving through data we have our craft and draft video of how to do the craft and draft journal system which no one really knows about besides the podcast listeners so you can be on the ground floor there's a lot of people with craft books and draft books really thriving and enjoying and having a lot of fun with that. Now we're going to put out an official product eventually once we work through all of our stuff, but it's going to come out. But if you don't want to wait that long, join our Patreon. You get instant access and have all that fun. Ask all the questions just like Alicia, Brandy, Leah, Mark, Amy, Rebecca, Courtney, Carol, Melissa, Destiny, Natalie, Tracy, Andrea, and Hannah already do over there on the podcast Patreon page. Go do that. Hang out with us for a little bit. And we'll make it worth your while. But without further ado, let's jump into answering a listener question. Alrighty, Miss Ochoa. Um, let's go to the question first, and then we'll do kind of the the training side of this and really jump in. But pull it up here. So I got multiple screens open. Destiny had responded to us and she said, I would love any advice on how to go about teaching the extended constructor responses for star. Since we have gotten the rubric recently, I have been focusing on short answered responses. I feel like this is where a lot of Texas teachers are. Hopefully when we put this out, a lot of Texas teachers come and kind of take what we're offering out there. Um, we do believe that there's some things that we can do here. Now I, I want to be fully transparent and say that the, we don't have any secret answers that, uh, no one else has necessarily. We, ours are to the responses from what TEA has put out, but also just our knowledge of reading and writing workshops. So hopefully we're going to give you some great tips and tricks to kind of get you focused on the right thing, but we don't have like any insider info from TEA. They haven't like specifically told us things. We're responding to the same information you have. But this is what we're doing, hopefully just listening to us going through this process and especially Pam's process, because she's been doing this in the classroom, uh, really does help you. So, Destiny, we're talking to you specifically today, but everyone else who's listening, whether it's free feeds or on the Patreon, hopefully this is useful, regardless of if you're preparing for the Texas State test or any test or just trying to get kids to be able to write better on a short answer. So. Without further ado, Miss Ochoa, on the video, let's jump over to, let's see if we can get this screen share going. Our screen sharing has been a little off a little bit because Zoom, I pay, they updated something. So, you know, it is what it is. Okay, do you have access to the screen share, Miss Ochoa? You're muted. Okay, so she <laughs> wanted to know the extended response, right? The short answer. The short answer, not yes. the extended. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm just making sure because I don't know <laughs> what my deal was, but all of a sudden I panicked. I was like, ah, I mean, I'm sure they can We answered the wrong one. Oh my gosh, I've answered the wrong one. It scared me to death, okay. but I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. We're, we're on the right, right track. 
Yeah, hang on. I'm still trying to get my buds to work right because I panicked. Okay. But I'm okay. No need for the panic, Miss Ochoa. Let's see here. This is um, see. This still... is what this will probably get cut out on the actual podcast. But we're going to leave this in for the Patreon supporters. They don't ever get to uh, see. Are you behind, serious? Of course, they really? don't. They don't get to see behind oh, the scenes. No. So Honestly, oh, I think no. it'd be a good idea to always. I don't know how video to for Patreon, but go ahead. Oh yeah, question? that would, that would be a good idea. <laughs> but now I've got to close this. <laughs> what are you doing over there? Go to the bottom tier. Hit share screen, Miss Ochoa. Come on now. I can't. Hang on. Where are you at? <laughs> I don't know, but I've disappeared. Uh, is... I'm okay. I'm about to hit it. Here I go. <laughs> that was funny. I went and I hit something and it made it really big. It was not working for me. I had to pour a Coke tonight because I was like, we're recording so late. I need some caffeine. Oh, is that right? <clears throat> I don't know. Is it working? Yeah, it's working. Hit hit. So y'all can see me? Yeah, I can. I see all your stuff. Yeah, but I'm hitting. Oh, there it is. I just wasn't hitting slide. slide Go back. Go back. Go back. Go back. I'm trying. I'm trying. I can't. (laughs) You you hit the arrow. (laughs) Where did on your keyboard? (laughs) (laughs) Keep going. Here we are. Is this oh the, my is goodness. It, there you go. There, there we, we go. go. Okay, we're going to have to take this all out because I no, cannot yeah. imagine everybody seeing this. Patreon, come on. Are the people, our, our listener plus tier, they're going to love this. This is what they live for. Okay, so my cup says, <laughs> says, go confidently. I don't think I'm there in the direction of my dreams. And I'm telling you right now, they just all shattered. But it's okay. It's okay. We'll, we'll, oh. We're catching them back up. <laughs> oh my goodness. All righty. So short constructive responses. Oh, Ochoa, right. You're <laughs> you're taking the lead on this for the most part. I'll okay. pop in and ask questions and whatnot, but let's go through this. So how you know you've talked about going through and uh doing this in your classroom, obviously. You're facing the same thing that many of our listeners are. Most of our listeners are in Texas, though. Not all of them. We have listeners all around the world, but um mm-hmm. uh, most of our chunk does come from Texas. So they're staring this in the face. Short constructed responses for the Texas Star reading test. What's your thoughts? Walk us through. Well hopefully I can walk us through. It seemed like I had a little bit of trouble there just just getting us to, you know this all right so uh yeah i did i really panicked because when i was listening but you know how you're trying to think about the things that you're going to say and then i heard part of it and i thought and then my cats are over here deciding to fight as they always do during a podcast they never fight until morning or in podcast so we're struggling a little bit but here we are all right. So, yeah, I went and uh, we've been working with this for a while. And, uh, our, of course, our, our whole department has made a decision to do uh, use a particular type of scaffold to help. But I, I still think I do it just a little bit differently, even though I do use that scaffold because I do like to, you know me, follow the rules. So I do use it, but I'll, I'll explain how I do that. So one of the things that I did go through all through the the website uh, for TEA on this new test, and uh, one of the reasons why they reconstructed it, according to them, their claim is that they want to make their test more 
like what happens or what the students have to do in the classroom. So their goal is to try to make it more uh, classroom simulated. And so that's one of the things that teachers do all the time is they ask questions, they have the students answer them, they do exit tickets and they do things like that. So looking at that, uh, one of the things that we probably want to talk about first is what is the short constructed response? Because there was a while back in Texas where we had to do uh, a short answer, uh, but this one's not quite the same. The other one was, uh, I think, a little more complicated, actually, than this one. But a so the reading, uh, there's two short constructed responses. And I think I was confused at the beginning because they kept talking about two of them, two of them. And and then in another conversation, somebody would say one. So I went and looked for myself and there are two, but one is for reading and one is for English. And so that is how I, I became unconfused. As y'all can see, as y'all saw a minute ago, I get confused easily, apparently. All right. So, but anyway, the short constructed response, you know, as you can see here is a short paragraph and it's in response to a reading passage. Now, some people would call this a writing a writing uh, standard, but this is really a reading standard. The only way that you can tell if somebody really understands what they read is to actually have them write about it or explain it. And if you don't do that, then you don't know if they really understand it. Preach. So then the next, huh? Go ahead. I said preach. Oh yeah, it's true. I mean, uh, we can give them all kinds of short, yeah. you know, multiple choice, but you know, just going down in a multiple choice with four uh, answer choices, they still have 25% chance of getting it right. And you don't know if they really got it. They understand the passage or not. And uh, some people are just really good test takers, you know, through deductive reasoning or whatever you want to call it. And uh, they make good guesses. So you really don't know. Uh, as a matter of fact, my, my son at one point told me he went through an entire uh, English class, uh, AP English class and never read, but one book. Now there was only one book he read and that was just because he liked it. But all the other books he said he didn't like, but he didn't need them because he would just passed anyway. And he did. So uh, there you have it. So, you know, the only way to really know if they understand it is to actually ask, talk to them about a book. So anyway, huh? Mm -hmm. The students are prompted to respond to a question about the passage. And of course, that's to gain better under so that we can see whether they, are, they gain better understanding of the text. All right. So uh, the English short response is actually where they put a paragraph or something there and there's a problem with it. And so in the old test, what they would do, they'd have a multiple choice and then the students would have to, they would have to select which one is the best sentence to help revise the sentence? Well, now the students are actually having to revise the, the sentence. That's their short response. So so uh, some of the ones that I saw in there, they would say like the, uh, the fourth grade sample uh, or the fifth grade sample was um, which uh, on sentence 12 and 13, combine those. And they actually, in the box, you have to actually write how you're going to type in, how you're going to combine it. So you don't have choices. So it's definitely from uh, what they see. And I mean, um, Ocho, I don't, I don't, I don't want to throw off your groove, but my, <clears throat> I mean, when we think about the stuff that you and I have worked through and 
over time and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I were talking about, I mean, you've been talking about sentence combining forever, but you know, you and I really focused in on that and talked about how, I mean, there's, there is a lot of research that shows that sentence combining is one of the, the high yield strategies and whatnot. So as, as, uh, you know, <laughs> stress inducing as this change might be, um, for a standardized test. I mean, this is truly, um, at least the, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, the le- the, the best, uh, a standardized test can go to really analyzing what's happening in a classroom, right? No, no standardized test is really ever going to capture all of that. But when we're looking for something that is at least trying to honor the more authentic approaches to stuff, I mean, it's hard to be mad at this, right? Yeah. I mean, when you really look at it, I mean, and that's what they said their objective was to make it more classroom like, and uh, so that the students can be tested in a way that they're taught. And if we are, and and you're right, combining sentences is something that I've done ever since, I, you know, I talked earlier about uh, that Abydos the, the, or the um, New Jersey Writing Project. Well, when they taught us how to teach grammar, this is the one thing that they taught us how to do. And we had to do exercises on how to combine sentences and separate them. Uh, students also need to be able to separate them. And so this is that that part. And then the other one is rewriting the sentences for clarity um, that, you know, wh- how would you revise the sentence to make it more clear? And then you have to actually insert a sentence. Um, those types of things. And, and so it's, I think it's a little more difficult, but it is the kind of work that we need to be doing in the classroom. And it's the kind of work that I think, you know, I can see why they're wanting to test that way. And then editing, it looks like to me on editing, the students will have to rewrite the sentences correctly and take care of the mistake. Where in the past, I'd say, which one is the right choice and you could go, well, it could be this one, this one, or this one. And you could see where the comma is located and probably get it right here. You got to know where the comma goes and you got to know if there's a semicolon that belongs there, you know, those types of things. And and they don't have like a, an answer bank, which mm-hmm. is the other sentence stems uh, answer stems or whatever to help you with that. So I think uh, one of the things that, to help answer this one, uh, I think I, what I would do here, and I, I'm not going to spend most of my time on this one. You know, my slides actually go with the other one. But this one, as I was doing my research on this, I, I think I think we, we've got to talk about this one because I think this and it's really just one point. It is. But uh, and that that's another thing to consider it may be one point, but that one point may make a difference between mastery and approaches or meets or not meets. So every point counts. And if we start going, well, it's just one point, then we're not helping ourselves. So I have so, to, I have to ahead. ask you a question mm-hmm. and this is going to show my ignorance of a certain program, but do programs like uh, no red ink, is it multiple choice or do you revise it like this? Well, actually, the one that actually has sentence combining and does this is Quill. And not that I... Yeah, Quill, right? I mean, yeah, Quill. No, no red ink. Uh, it, it's really good with, I think, editing and things like that. But, but is it, is it when, multiple choice? But I think it's more multiple choice. But I don't really okay. use no red ink that got much you, because, because I've always been a sentence combining person. 
I mean, when I teach, that's what I have them do a lot of times. And I mean, if they're going to do like, mm-hmm. and, and usually what I do is I have them, I'll find sentences. And that's where I was going with this is I find sentences from their books, yep. uh, model sentences from the model text that we're using. And that way they're familiar with the content. They're not having to figure out meaning plus this. And then I might rearrange it myself mm-hmm. or I might separate it, like take a passage like I, um, and and take that paragraph or whatever that those sentences and then separate them and then have the students put it all back together. Uh, so those are things. That, and then I show them the final result and see how close they got. And the kids are kind of fun. You know, the one who got the closest gets the most points. You could do stuff like that. Uh, but um, I've always used, I mean, when I use a program, Quill was the one that I felt did the sense. Because they have to type in, the thing about Quill is uh, they have to type in ex- their response exactly. And if they get it wrong at all, like they miss a word, I mean, it will not, it has to be perfect or mm-hmm. it doesn't count. And so that, I think that would really help. So there's, you know, it's been interesting and this has <clears throat> been cool to see on uh, just from my perspective, you know, I'm at the admin level, I'm at a high, a huge high school. And so, um, a lot of the times I have to talk to teachers kind of after they do stuff. I don't, I don't, I'm not in the classroom hundred percent of the time, but one of the things that our teachers have been doing, or there's a few of them have been doing and they've, they've seen a lot of success and I've, I've seen it in practice. I've seen the results. Um, and it's really cool. And it's something that you and I have, uh, toyed with in different ways, but I wanted to, I felt like this was a good opportunity to kind of share with some of our listeners who just might be looking for a a certain strategy on this is what they've been doing is they've been taking, you know, some of that revising and editing, uh, style question, and they'll put it up there, you know, as a typical, now this wouldn't be like normal workshop, right? This isn't something they would do every single day. Could be a warm up, could be something like that, but closer to test, you know, this is, remember, we always talk about like, we we're workshop, but we also we narrow down for the test because ultimately that's what a lot of us are judged on. It's what a lot of our administrators are looking for. And so we're trying to find that that uh, that commonality at always. So what they try to do and it's been really effective is they've been taking those questions like take a, a, a sentence that needs combining. They ask the question and then they have the students at their desk write what they think it would be. And then what they'll do is after she'll go around in conference or one of the teachers will, and they're walking around just listening to what kids say, the kind of conversations that are happening. And then once they have answers, they put up the multiple choice and see how close mm-hmm. were there. And it was funny because there was one group that was like, we don't have any of those answers. <laughs> oh my God. I died laughing because it was, because that's a good response, right? Cause they're, mm-hmm. they're realizing this like, Oh, what's going on here. And so, but what happened was over time is that the kids were really starting to just think about it differently. But really, I mean, that's like just one small strategy. Like if you, I know you're going to dive really deep into kind of handle kind of the other half of this. But if you're if you're just looking for a way to make something a little bit more authentic, remove multiple choice, see what kids are doing and then add multiple choice back and see how close they were, how far they were. I think that's a really good cognitive exercise for students. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that's a good idea. And I know that several people do it. Another uh, 
a teacher years ago, she would take one sentence, one actual question, and the students would have to annotate that question. So that was kind of interesting. And that is it for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Like I said, if you want the rest of this and the video to go along with it and eight bonus episodes and so many more videos and access to trainings, unique perks and everything else, come join us over there on the Patreon page. We would love to have you. You can find that link at craftanddraftworkshop.com or over there at patreon.com slash craftanddraft. Come over there. We'll make it worth your while. And if you have direct questions, that is the best way to come into contact with us. I hope you're enjoying it. Come back next week for another fantastic episode of the Craft and Draft podcast. I'm Jacob Chastain. Pam Ochoa is probably somewhere else doing her own thing, but we both say we are here for you.